Good morning and a very warm welcome to our morning service. It's so good to have you with us as we worship today in the parish of Casluchur and Gorsainen. We're filming today in St. Catherine's in Gorsainen and I hope that as you join us you'll see Jesus more clearly, learn to love him more dearly and to follow him more nearly. Let me pray the special prayer of the church, the collect, as we begin our service today. Let your merciful years, O Lord, be open to the prayers of your humble servants, and that they may obtain their petitions. Make them such things that shall please you. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The reading is taken from Paul's letter to the Ephesians, starting in chapter 4 at verse 25. So then, putting away falsehood, let all of us speak the truth to our neighbours, for we are members of one another. Be angry, but do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger, and do not make room for the devil. Thieves must give up stealing. Rather, let them labour and work honestly with their own hands so as to have something to share with the needy. Let no evil talk come out of your mouths, but only what is useful for building up, as there is need, so that your words may give grace to those who hear. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, with which you were marked with a seal for the day of redemption. 
Put away from you all bitterness and wrath and anger and wrangling and slander together with all malice and be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ has forgiven you. Therefore be imitators of God as beloved children and live in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. This is the word of the Lord. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be now and always acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our great Redeemer. Amen. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Our reading today is a really challenging passage from Paul's letter to the church in Ephesus. A new community of people who are diverse and different, Jew and Gentile at different ages and stages of life. Paul's already encouraged them to see that despite all of their differences, they have so much to celebrate and so much that brings them together. 
Think about it. They have one faith. They belong to one common family. They're brothers and sisters, one church, one faith. They believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ. He's given them the one spirit that dwells in each of them. And indeed, they believe in one God, who is their father. They are literally a family, brothers and sisters in the faith. But although there is so much that unites them and so much that brings them together, they still have to learn to live with one another. And the portion of the letter that we read today was some practical instructions to help them do just that, to encourage a group of diverse and different people to live well together. There's much in it that was relevant then and it's really relevant now too. So let's delve into it and think a little bit more about it. First, Paul is saying that they need to be people who speak well of one another, people who are marked out by truth. They may be in the world, but they're not of the world. They need to be marked out by truth, and they need to speak well of their neighbours, because they are literally one body, the church. What one person does has an effect on the other. So let's be people who are marked out by truth, people who look out for our neighbour, and people who speak well of others. He goes on then to say something that appears to be paradoxical. He says, it's okay to be angry, but don't fall into sin. In some ways, that doesn't seem to make sense. And yet there's such a thing as a righteous anger, an anger that can come from a good place. An anger often brings people together. It often encourages people to have conversations that are needed and necessary. It can make space for and encourage new ideas. And it can help to generate a new energy and a new enthusiasm too. Anger can sometimes be good, but we must be careful not to allow our anger to take us to places where we ought not to be. Be angry, but don't fall into sin. I can think of a number of examples where people have begun in a good place, but have sadly crossed a line. Think of people who have recently prote uh, protested for right and good reasons. And yet, often those protests have crossed a line. They've ended up in riots and in looting, caused injury, harm and pain. Be angry, yes, but don't let your anger encourage you to fall into sin. Lest the devil have a foothold among you. We must be careful, even when we're angry, not to fall into sin. Let anger generate good conversations. Let anger encourage new ideas and new energy. And when we have those conversations with one another, let's have them in love. Let's presume that other people's motives are good and that their intentions come from a good place. Let's be careful not to be suspicious of one another. 
lets our anger encourage us to fall into sin and we end up letting the devil have a foothold among us. Then Paul goes on to talk about stealing. Let the thief stop stealing. Instead, let him go to work and use his gifts to generate an income. And may he use that income for the benefit of others. When you think about it, the motives and intentions of the thief are always selfish. They're always about putting self first and thinking about what's good for the individual. When the thief has done his work, his actions have a negative impact on those around him. What Paul is saying is, don't think about yourself. Don't put yourself at the centre of every conversation and every decision. Instead, think about what's good for the whole body of the church. If you've been a thief, well, refrain from stealing. Recognise the gifts that God has given you. Go out to work, labour well, generate an income, and then think about how you can put that income to good use to bless other people. What does that look like in our context? Perhaps you're listening and you're not a thief and you're thinking, well, that verse is not relevant to me. Well, think about your intentions and your desires. Are they selfish? Is every decision that you make about you and what generates a, a good outcome for you? How might you change your thought process? How might you do something that is perhaps not good for you, but good for others? How might it bless others and do something that's good for the body? That might mean that you get involved in something that you're not particularly interested in or don't particularly feel passionate about, but you know that that's where God is calling you to be. You know that that's where you need to be to allow his purposes to advance and his kingdom to come on earth as it is in heaven. You may not like it, you may not be passionate about it, but you know that that's where God is calling you to be. And being there would have the biggest positive income, uh, positive impact rather, on the lives of people around you. That's where you need to be to generate the maximum blessing for other people. Don't think about yourself at every twist and turn, but think about what you can do to bless other people. And then we're encouraged to think about the kind of thing that comes out of our mouths. We need to be mindful that Jesus once told the Pharisees that it was not that those things that went into the mouth that defile a human being, but those things that come out of the mouth. The words that we speak reveal what's going on in our hearts and they say something of the kind of character that we truly are. Paul encourages the people who are listening to this letter let nothing but wholesome talk come out of your mouth. Do those things 
that are good for other people. Those things that benefit the people that are listening to you. And so we're challenged to think about the kind of words that we use. Perhaps when we're in conversation with one another, we're tempted to be drawn into gossip. Perhaps it makes for good listening, regardless of whether it's true or not. Paul encourages us to refrain from getting involved in situations like that. Instead, to listen only to those things that are true, to speak wholesome words, words that encourage other people, words that build other people up, words that may not necessarily be beneficial for us, but have a positive impact on the whole body of the church as a whole, and reap blessings in the lives of other people. Perhaps you're listening and you know people who are perpetually negative about others. Perhaps they find joy in speaking ill of other people, in pulling them down. Perhaps they, they feel that the only way they can build themselves up is to pull other people down. Well, perhaps we need to be people who challenge them to think otherwise. When we speak well of people behind their backs, we earn the trust of those who are present. When we speak well of others, when we encourage and build up others when they're not present, we earn the trust of those who are present because they see that we're people of integrity. They recognise that we're people of love and they see that we speak good and wholesome words. Have you ever perhaps been in an environment where you've listened to gossip being spoken about somebody who is not there at a particular point? I know that I have, and at times I've been tempted to listen and to be drawn into the conversation. But then, very often, God speaks to me, and I'm challenged to realise if the person I'm listening to can speak like this about another who isn't present, then they can speak equally ill of me when I'm not present. Speaking positive, wholesome words that build up and encourage others when they're not present earns you the trust of those who are present. And so we need to challenge ourselves to refrain from speaking negative words. We need to think about how we can speak well of others, how we can build up and encourage others, only ever speaking the truth. It might seem that we reap blessings for others at our own expense, but remember, you reap what you sow. When you put these words into practice, people will learn to love you more. They will trust you more. They will rely on you more. They will believe in you more. Speak well of one another. Build one another up. Encourage one another. Lest you have a negative impact on others and grieve the Holy Spirit. Don't be people 
who allow bitterness, rage and anger and slander and all these other things to brew up in your lives. Don't create room for malice. Very often we create space in our lives to hold a grudge against other people. We speak ill of them and we refuse to forgive them on the basis that if we do so, somehow we'll have a negative effect on them. But choosing to hold on to those things, choosing to refuse to forgive and to be bitter is a little bit like holding on to a bottle of poison, slowly sipping away at it and hoping that it'll kill the other person. In the end, we are the people who suffer. We are the people who are negatively impacted. And people soon consider and find us to be a burden, difficult to be around because of our attitude and our negative observations of others. Living well means speaking well of others. It means developing good and positive relationships that will last and grow and go from strength to strength. So can we be people who are kind? Can we be people who are compassionate with each other People who are ready to forgive, just as Christ forgave us. We need one another. We can't live the Christian life in isolation. Yes, it's true that we're people who love God, heart, soul, mind and strength. But it's in our loving of each other reflecting what God has done for us in our relationships one with another, that the world truly comes to believe. As we interact with compassion and peace and understanding and love one to another, the world catches a glimpse of Jesus in us. And that's how they come to believe. Follow God's example, therefore, the Bible tells us, be his beloved children, walk in his ways of love so that other people through you might catch a glimpse of Jesus, so that others through you might come to believe in him and might long to follow and experience him in their own lives. Amen.
Let us pray. Lord God, as we reflect on today's reading and the sermon, we just want to say thank you that you're an all-loving God who loves us exactly as we are, who died on the cross and suffered unspeakable pain for exactly where we're at right now. You accept us and you welcome us without change, just as we are. But you love us so much that you're not willing for us to stay as we are, happy in our sin and not living the best life possible. And we want to thank you for that, God, for that deep, deep love that sometimes is uncomfortable love, but we need it. And we also think of good friends and families in our lives who've done the same. They've loved us enough to tell us the uncomfortable truth about ourselves and encouraged us in living a different way. So we come now before you and we, we think about today's reading and we confess that we haven't always got it right, consciously, subconsciously, without meaning to and sometimes on purpose. Lord God, forgive us when we have put on falsehood and we haven't spoken truthfully to others, when our yes has not been yes and our no has not been no. And that has caused hurt to members of our church family and to individual family and friends and colleagues. Lord, forgive us that when we're angry, we do sin. And sometimes in our pride and with our ego, we let the sun go down, still being angry, not having resolved the problem with somebody else. And we willingly give the devil a foothold in our life and wonder why life is messy. Forgive us, Father, when we have stolen from somebody else, whether that's financial or emotional or or in whatever respect, Lord. We've taken something from somebody else and not been gracious and not given back and served in the same way. When we've been lazy and chosen not to use our hands for the benefit of others and share what we've got, whatever that is, with those in need, when we've preferred to be comfortable ourselves. Lord, forgive us when we have let unwholesome talk come out of our mouths and actually what we speak helps build up our own ego and our own self-esteem whether it knocks others down or not when we're not so focused on building others up according to what they need but on building ourselves up and what we think we need and in doing all these things we acknowledge Lord we grieve your Holy Spirit and make you sad Lord, we have become comfortable with bitterness, rage and anger at times. We quite like a bit of a gossip and a slander. It makes us feel better when we've done things deliberately to hurt other people. But we can, we can kind of excuse it away. We can rationalise it. Lord, you know our inner hearts. Please forgive us. Lord, when we haven't been kind and compassionate to one another... When we haven't forgiven each other quickly and we've waited for the other person to, to act first. That's not what you did, God. You acted first. You didn't wait for us to sort ourselves out and come to you. You came down into our mess and sorted it out and we thank you for that. So, Lord God, we ask that you would help us be honest with ourselves when we reflect on this passage We acknowledge our weaknesses and our failings and our failings in motivation as well as behaviour. But also in doing that, we're safe in the knowledge that we are surrounded by your love, your forgiveness, your acceptance. You are our dad and you love us no matter what. So God, I pray today on this Sunday, help us to hear what you're saying to us. 
Help us to want to really hear and really take on board what you're saying. Help us to listen to these words, as uncomfortable as they might actually be in our own lives. Help us to want to change and live the best life possible, the way you choose for us to live. Because that is the best way, you know best. You are God's great example, Jesus. You lived these things out and we can read them time and time again through the stories in the Bible. Lord, help us to live like your great example. Help us to be more like Jesus. Help us to want to be more like Jesus. And God, when we admit we're not and we've failed yet again, may that take us to the cross. May that take us to Jesus on the cross in pain and agony. May we be reminded that he stepped out when he could have waited. Help us to be like him and step out first, to forgive first, to put the the benefits and needs of others above ourselves. And Lord, may we be transformed by your Holy Spirit. We can't do this alone. God, I ask that you would help each one of us wherever we're at, whatever is the most challenging part of this, this reading to us today. Lord, be with us and work with us as we address it and try and change with your power and your help. And I pray that we would know life-transforming change in our lives and that those around us would see that and be able to, to praise you, God, and see your hand in that transformation. And for transformations that have already happened on our journey with you, where we do speak more truthfully, where we do not sit, try not to sin in anger, where we do keep quiet, where sometimes we could say horrible things, where actually we choose to be the first person to forgive, where we are kind and compassionate, whether we feel like someone deserves it or not. Thank you for the changes that have already happened in us. Thank you for the power there is in you, Lord Jesus. And thank you, you're a God who loves us wholeheartedly. And yet, just like a loving parent, you want the best for us and you're not prepared to keep quiet and keep us comfortable. But you're moving us onwards and forwards to be more holy, more like Jesus. On this Sunday, we ask you to help us. Amen.
I'm so glad that we've had your company today during our service. Thank you so much for joining us. As a new week begins, I hope that it'll be happy and full of blessings for you. And remember that if there's anything we can do to help or to support you throughout the week, please do get in touch. We'd love to hear from you. But let me now pray for God's blessing on you and your families as this new week begins. The peace of God which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. And the blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son and Holy Spirit be upon you and remain with you always. Amen.